This is the official Covering the Corner podcast, episode 198. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we'll have some meatballs, talk about what the Guardians did this week while they were playing baseball, talk about playoff odds, potential matchups they could have, some scenarios coming up with the three-game series against the White Sox, what it can mean if they sweep or get swept, uh, maybe who we want to play in the playoffs, who we want to avoid if the Guardians make it. Talk about the pitching staff, a lot of good things happening there. Shane Deaver looks like an ace. Aaron Savali is probably returning on Tuesday. Zach Plezak might be returning next week, but the big question is, should he? Uh, we'll talk about Josh Naylor, who was slumping, probably still slumping. He had a home run today on Monday, but still not great overall recently for the, the man who was very impressive early this season. We'll talk about him and what maybe some first base DH options could be next year for the Guardians. Uh, and of course, joining me for all that and more, Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, uh, it's been a while. How are you doing? It has been a while since I could hold my... Oh, hell yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, Stain. keep going. No, hold on. Stain something in my head all of a sudden. <laughs> it's just going to be the The only thing stuck in my head anymore is MLB TV ads. It's all over. Oh, it's been a while since I've seen one of those. That's for sure. If I look, I can hold my head up high. It's been a while. That's it. Yeah, okay. I know this is stained after this, I think. Um, yeah, the Guardians have been doing things. Uh, I don't know if you saw, man. It was, this, this last series against the Twins was... Uh, that was fun. It wasn't tense, really, because they just Dude. fucking demolished. Other than that 15 inning monstrosity, that was kind of intense. But I miss having these late games that matter a lot. Either not having it wrapped up right away or not being eliminated. I I don't remember if last year were they out this soon. Um, I remember it being kind of soon because they're thinking like, oh, well, there's a week left. There's nothing. This sucks. <laughs> I think they were still technically like it, like they were on the border chance, for the longest time but yeah. like it was like you know like whatever this sucks like, like <laughs> it wasn't anything it. like real because what did they finish last year 80 and 82 yeah it was the only losing season yeah because they, they just reached 80 today and there's like two weeks left so yeah um, they're, they're quite a bit ahead of schedule which is nice uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far it's been fun to see them really just beat the piss out of the team <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part really <laughs> <laughs> we've demoralized that team so bad first they have the Yankees who come in and do it and now the Guardians are doing it and well, Remember what was it? It was early in the year, like when um, they just. <laughs> I think we've seen enough of the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> Every oh, yeah. time we play the Twins, it's somebody commenting. I think the Twins have had enough of the Guardians. Just absolutely oh, whooping great. their butts. It's it's really funny. Um, you know, tr- tr- they do this so well to the whole Central too. It's very funny how how well they are, how good they are, just beating up their closest rivals. Like they have a winning record. Oh, they don't have a winning record against the White Sox somehow, but they do. Aren't they nine and seven? I think they barely have a. No, they're nine and ten. That was last year. I'm I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say I thought they're. If if they're not winning, my whole math that I've done trying to figure out the uh, playoff stuff is gonna be messed up. Nine and seven, yeah, eight and five against the Royals. Ten and nine against ooh Detroit's really showing a little bit of sprightliness there. I'll remember for a while there, just like we couldn't beat. I think we got swept by them at one point, but. that was weird. That and then we, switched back. Yeah, things <laughs> got back to normal, him. which was nice. Yeah. Uh, did you know Sandy Leone was on this team this year? Speaking of things I feel like a long time ago. Because they mentioned that during the game today. I was like, what? Was I remember, yeah, I saw him it was yesterday or today or something like that. When I was watching the game, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was this year. I saw Kevin Ploiecki was just released by the Red Sox, and that was that was last year, right? Everything runs together now, these two My, my buddy is uh, going to be very sad. He's a Red Sox fan. Big Sandy Leone and a Kevin Ploiecki fan. Oh, yeah, so. Just a rough couple years for him. For really just, just dreadful. Well, at least the rest of his team him. is good, right? They're probably fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, I haven't checked the standings in a while, but I'm sure they're doing great. <laughs> sure one has to assume they have all that money. <laughs> you know what else is uh, doing great, Mary? 
What's that? Meatball. Meatball's great, Mary. Of course, that's where we talk about things the Guardians did. In the last, I guess, technically at this point, we could do the last month if we really wanted to, but um, the Guardians, especially Ahmed Rosario, did something very fun over the weekend. Eight hits on Saturdays, just absolutely decimated uh, the Twins. We were talking before the podcast, he's kind of like a an inverse of Andres Jimenez, where Jimenez, you never really think he's doing all that well. You look at his stats and he's like a superstar. Ahmed Rosario, it's like you look at these, his good games stand out so much, like he said. Get eight hits again, like I said on Sunday, and then you look at his stats and he's dead average everything. <laughs> it's just a weird um, reverse he has. But on Friday, on Saturday, I mean, he did have eight hits. I looked, I wanted to see um, over two games. Over two games. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it doesn't the same calendar day. It counts. Was oh, was his last? No, his last one wouldn't have been on Sunday because they played until like twelve fifty. Oh, it would have been because he walked off, right? Uh, yeah. Well, oh, does he that did, not count? But that wasn't a hit. Oh, that's right. That was an error. That was an okay. error. So, okay. yeah, yeah. That would have been a, a conundrum. But um, so I, I wanted to look. And luckily, someone else did the work already because <laughs> Christian Yelich in 2015, um, he had eight hits uh, for the Marlins. If you remember when he was first of all good and second of all played for the Marlins, he had that playing against the Phillies. A 5 2 game. Uh, it, was a, it was a doubleheader, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. He was one of nine players who, or nine players have nine hits. So he was one short of the record, which also means Honor Rosario was one short of the record. Um, it's a bunch of just random players. Last time it actually happened was, um, I had written down several years ago, where was it? 1961 was last time somebody hit nine. So um, I, I would assume that 2015, when this article was written by Joe Frisario on MLB.com, probably that was last time somebody's done it, which was Yelich. But it's kind of neat that I met Rosario tied it. And um, and speaking of the doubleheader part, so all eight, or eight of the nine who hit nine hits didn't doubleheader. But one player did it in an 18-inning game in 1932. Uh, Merritt, who is it? Uh, everybody Joe, knows this. Joe Sewell. <laughs> you, you started with a J. You were close. It's everybody's favorite Cleveland Indian, uh, Johnny Burnett. Oh, yeah. Okay. Old JB, I call him. Johnny Burns. He always burned it down the, the first yeah, baseline. Yeah, there. yeah. We knew, I knew him. He was great. Yeah, I've never heard of him. But um, he was the only one who did it, not in a doubleheader, was the rest of these guys who just clobbered the ball for so many games. Um, and Ahmed Rosario, of course, in his game just looked or both games looked absolutely dominant. It was all singles. <laughs> just mm-hmm. I was going to fight one home run, the rest were singles, and of course that error that walked off the game. But he had uh, more hits yeah. in that day than Carlos Correa had over these five games. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't think to look at that kind of stuff, but I'm sure that's we could look at all kinds of stuff like that. <laughs> God, we beat the piss out of the Twins, didn't we? Just, just absolutely annihilated them, man. I don't know. Like, you feel I don't feel bad for Carlos Correa no. necessarily, but you know, at the same <laughs> no. time, I'm just like. How dreadful to come to this team and be like, I'm the, I'm the X Factor. We, we spent money on pitching. We're going somewhere. No, you aren't. No, no, no you're not. No. Anyway, no, yeah. everyone's going to flail and die. You know, yeah. he's on a one year deal at least, isn't he? I think. He's, yes, yeah, he yeah. So he's a free agent of the year. He's yeah. going to get. I, one would assume he gets because he's having a great year. You know. Oh yeah. Eight twenty five OPS, something like that, and. I would assume he's not even talking to the Twins after this year. No, I, I would. I would never even. I, I, if anything, I'd go to the NL, so you have less of a chance of even going to Minnesota at all. Just, just like, well, that. you still have to play him at least once next year. That's, That's true. A schedule thing, but yeah, maybe they'll just take that. Maybe, maybe they'll come to whatever city he goes to. <laughs> yeah, you can just be sick that day. Uh, but yeah, that's my whole meatball, just Ahmed Rosario. What what a just calendar day for him. Not even one game. Like the one was in five at bats, the other Honestly, one was in eight. That's <laughs> it was a, it's a great week's work. And again, to your point. You look at his numbers after this incredible, just just after that game <laughs> He's alone. He's back to average. <laughs> like, after that game, because that was the evening game, he finished that day with a, where is it? There it is. A 718 on uh, OPS. He finished that day after getting eight hits, 
Again, to be clear, batting 283, 314, 403. Like, the man is just exactly who and what he is. And I just, what, what, what that might be is a guy you don't resign. So I don't know. We'll see yeah. how it goes. But yeah, I don't <laughs> Apparently know. Apparently, he's irreplaceable. He just can't. He, uh, the most play. important player on the entire team is Ahmed Rosario, not you got the, the other five guys in the top five of the batting order. I think probably, like I said at the time, a bunch of times, I, I was fine with not trading him because they wouldn't have missed him. I think if they traded him by now, we would all forget entirely. <laughs> just, I don't know. I think we would have just moved on. We would have had Tyler Freeman starting every day, and they probably still would have been fine. I don't know. But um, I'm still not heartbroken he's here. I'm glad he has these huge games, and I still yeah, like him as a yeah. player in I person mean, overall. I think uh, Tyler Freeman could hit something approaching league average if you gave him. I mean, he's oh, yeah. already got an, an, OPS, an 86 OPS plus. Like, and he's only been it. a little bit, and his defense has been amazing. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's got a couple doubles. I mean, whatever. You know, good for him. Or, or they could get one of the other one thousand middle infielders <laughs> and see how they are. So, you know, you a bunch of Gabriel Arias. If you get give him a chance, he would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what's your meatball, mate? Well, as we all know, the reason that Cleveland was so dominant this weekend was because of defense and relief pitching, right? No, it turns out this was such a comedy of errors in relief pitching. Both sides, too. Just dreadful. Uh, Cleveland had 12 innings pitched out of the bullpen, Twelve hit, or 11 hits, 15 strikeouts. Pretty good. But they gave up nine runs, which isn't great. That's a 675 ERA. And most times, that'll really lose you a five-game series because you're just giving up late runs. It's not great. However, the Twins had to go deep, man. They had 21 innings pitched out of their bullpen giving up 17 runs, 17 runs. That's a 729 ERA. They had 19 strikeouts and gave up 26 hits as well. Just just a dreadful outing by all pitching. Like I think what this does state, though, is for as, like, not maybe maligned is too strong a word, but, like, you know, not talked about a lot is, you know, just Cleveland starting pitching in comparison to previous years, of course. They were great this whole weekend. Like the the young guys coming up. I mean, Pilkington was pretty good. Uh, what's who's the other guy who got to start? Not Hunter Cody Gaddis. Um, <laughs> Cody Moore. Cody Morris. He was pretty good. I mean, um, Quantrill gave a very typical Cal Quantrill outing on today Monday. Bieber was dominant. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was uh, McKenzie had a good outing as well. Even, even I think that was the lo- the loss they took, but um, even but he then, still he was, yeah, yeah, he was yeah, he still went. Actually, the Cody Morris was a, was a loss, but uh, yeah, no, it's just. Very impressed, all in all. When, 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 you, when they start pooping out guys like Pilkington and Morris and stuff, it's like, this is going pretty well, actually. Even despite everything. Like, I'd love to see it. Yeah, so yeah, McKenzie went seven and three hundred runs. Yeah, it feels like a drought since they've had those guys. Like, uh, I mean, I guess Pilkington and Morris were one of them, like, or two of them that came up and weren't great right away, like you've seen so many times. And, of course, Hunter Gaddis is just clearly not ready to come up and pitch. I just uh, want him to twice. be good. I like his vibe. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I like his changeup, but it's the same thing as like Eli Morgan. If apparently we just have a fastball and changeup, your changeable doesn't fool anybody in the majors. Go figure. But. Gotta get that slider. You think that everyone can throw a slider these days because everyone can throw a slider? But nope, <laughs> guess not. Not them. Uh, I, I do like Morris so far. He he's the one. He's got a. I mean, he's all fastball cutter and occasional changeup, but um, he's he's worked all. He's got some more breaking balls. Where's the curveballs? Where's the big the big dirty hammers that I got so used to over the last few years? Those were fun. Like dirty hammers. Everyone just steal, um, steal Shane Bieber's pitches. Just get them from him. Just take them, like <laughs> like your uh, Mega Man. Yeah, 
what's the uh, get the basketball from Space Jam and make Shane Bieber touch it. And there we go. But don't, don't, we don't yeah, want not too much, just a little bit. Yeah, just a, just a little boop. Yeah, exactly. Just, just yeah. borrow it and give back at the end of your start. That's all. Actually, yeah, that's true. You can just pass all the best yeah. pitches around in a ball. Yeah, and why is there nobody you go. doing this? We've solved it and nobody's doing it. Idiots. Uh, come on, <laughs> you just got to get the weird magic or possibly science ball. I'm not sure which. But anyway, yeah, just um, not great pitching out of the bullpen for the most part from either team. And, you know, a lot of that is like outliers. Like, and y'all, they all Santos one inning, two return runs, and a couple others just kind of like kind of getting through the game because we were tired here. But I don't know. Yeah, when you got um, a 15 inning game mixed in there, it kind of mucks yeah, things you, a little bit. Or, yeah, you had the 15 inning game where, um, you know, Stefan collapsed and Karen Check blew it and all that stuff. Even McCarty came in through the last three innings, which honestly dominant by him, by Kirk McCarty in that 15 inning game. Three innings in the, in the back end there, giving him two hits, one run, like three strikeouts. Like, you can't be mad at that at all. You, you can only be happy. And, you know, just because they got the win. So there you go. That reminded me of, it, it wasn't nearly the stakes of like um, the, the win streak, but wasn't it like the end of that Trevor Bauer came in in like an extra inning game at one point? My misremember when that was. That's a thousand <laughs> years ago at this point. So know, right? that was pre Sandy Leon by like two years. That's so long ago. Oh, the good days. Uh, I feel like he did, and that that remind me of that. Or like, uh, I want to see Kirk McCarty be the Ryan Merritt of this year and just like come in and be amazing for one random game in the playoffs and disappear forever. I like his name because it seems like a fake name made up by a bad <laughs> author. It is Kirk McCarty. That's yeah, yeah. He's 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 the he's the um the, the lead protagonist and knockoff version of like a. Oh, what, what what's that art that author the guy that Lee Child writes about the big muscly guy that they made a TV show of him, Jack what? Reacher. Oh, okay, yeah, that does, yeah, Kirk McCarty does something like a yeah. knockoff Jack Reacher. Agent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, with with how good the Guardians did, they've they basically set themselves up to uh, be in the playoff. It's it's been in their hands for a while. They've won the division for a little bit, but now more than ever, it's really just up to them to not blow it. According uh, mm. to Fangraphs, ninety three point three percent chance to make it. 1.3% chance to win the World Series. I think it's gone down. I just checked right before the podcast. I, I just looked just now. And it says that they have an 89... Jesus, they updated that stuff. 89.9% <laughs> chance. So it went right. down by 0.3% somehow. Did the I don't know win? how. The Mariners... That's the only change is the Mariners won their game. I think. Maybe it's because the Mariners won... Because that's true, because Cleveland is... Yeah, it lowers the game the back card. of the third wild card as well. Yeah, I'm. That's probably it then. But so yeah, that's fine though. I mean, they have a you know, basically as long as they can win one game against the White Sox coming up, they'll they'll be pretty much fine. I, I to your point on Twitter or in the Slack, or whatever it was, we're all worried about that six game stretch of the year. But <laughs> yes, that is the the fear in the back of my mind. Those goddamn Royals. Because I mean they're the Royals, but that would be peak Royals bullshit to just come alive for six games and ruin everything. Just sweep, sweep them like. <laughs> God, can you imagine the fallout of that? Like if they do okay against the White Sox, like maybe two one or even one two, but they still look okay. We go into the last series; it's really close, and then just decimation. That's it. Like two and four or something like that. Yeah, oh, <laughs> just a sweep at the hands of the Royals. Oh God! Um, a I mean, six if... game sweep. <laughs> I-, I wanted to look and see just based on what they do against the White Sox, what they have to do. Um, what happens essentially? So, because they have three against the White Sox, three against the Rangers, three Rays, and then that that wild six games against the Royals to end the year. Yeah. Um, and, and basically, the Guardians have managed their entire pitching staff to be ready for this White Sox series. So, I mean, hopefully they're good. It's it's a tough matchup for them. It's Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Johnny Cueto against probably like Aaron Savali, uh, Bieber, and McKenzie. I think is the order. So, as long as the Guardians win one game, uh, they own the tiebreaker. So, if 
on the yeah because they're nine and seven right now so if they win one game they'd be 10 and nine at the absolute worst um so they can tie the the white Sox. if the guardians sweep they they're basically eliminated the white Sox. the guardians only have to win five of the last 12 games which i think they can probably manage and that's only if the white Sox go out of their mind and win everything and that's the thing the white Sox have minnesota for six games over the last nine so like they, they the final three is against the white Sox. they have the padres in the, in the middle there uh, the Padres, I think, are still playing for a playoff position, aren't they? I think they are. Yeah. Uh, Padres have an eighty-seven point two percent chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, oh, so, they're, yeah, they're in the wild card. Yeah, I mean, they're only a couple of games above the the Brewers, so it's so like, they're win. they're still in a fight, exactly. So the Padres aren't going to be like resting people the last couple of games of the season because you know, neither are they. But um, one can, I guess, hope in some way or other that. Uh, the Twins will get their heads out of their ass. It's at least be temporarily. real awkward rooting for the Twins and like talking to Twins fans. Hey, you guys got this. I believe in you. <laughs> You're great. We love you. You're fantastic. Forget what happened there last week. It's fine. How have they only? Oh, this is a cup. No, I was going to say. They, I thought they'd only played the White Sox. It doesn't make any sense. What's the record against the White Sox this year? Nine and seven. There are the, the Twins. You mean? I'm not sure. Twins. Yeah. Oh, I, that's why I can't see because I'm looking currently at the at the White Sox uh, record. Interesting. That would be confusing to me. Good old twins. Anyway, to your point, though. Yeah, they definitely, um, obviously, in their driver's seat, they're, what, four games up now to lead the division? And, I mean, even if the, the White Sox sweep, it's it's they'd be 80 and 70, the White Sox would be 79 and 71. So it would just, they're basically determining how tense the last set of games. Like, the White Sox can't lock anything up with this series as long as the Guardians keep winning. Um, but still, I mean, you, you want to sweep them, I and you want to at least win two and, and make it a little easier down the stretch and help the, the White Sox fall apart a bit, and maybe the Twins remember how to play baseball against them. But because who did you say was pitching? It's going to be Cease. Um, oh, it's a nightmare. Cueto and yeah, and Lance Lynn and Lance Lynn. Oh, God damn. That is that's I, I don't know. That's that's scary. That's a tough uh, didn't Johnny set. Cueto do good against the Guardians this year? I know Dylan Cease and Lance Lynn always do because they're ridiculous, especially Lance Lynn. Um, so it's not an easy matchup at all. Oh, not at all. But like at the same time, like you said, the the, you know, the, the Guardians are rolling out. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what we get out of Savale. I feel like he's pitched three innings all year, but <laughs> well, he was good when he came back from um, that wrist. Because you remember, he was he had a wrist injury for a while. He missed a month, came back for like four starts, and then the arm thing. So he was good in between there. It seemed like he was back. Whatever the wrist thing was, like maybe it was causing his early season struggles, and he fixed it. But um, I don't know. He was good in that little bit, and I hope he's good. That'd be one hell of a comeback to come back and beat Dylan Cease and just, help just the Guardians keep just, going. Yeah, sort of shut up. Like, all right, <laughs> good enough, bud. Let's do this. Yeah, but in, in some way, this series is basically just like a mini playoff. Like it's the wrong order, but you've got the top three pitchers. I, I guess you probably have Quantrill over Savali, but uh, the White Sox have their top three because uh, who's the other? Michael Kopech is out, so he's not pitching. Giolito? Um, oh, Giolito? Would he be? I guess he'd probably be over Cueto, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. You're a certified uh, Lucas Julio hater, so maybe I am. I always have been. Always will be. And I'll never give it up. You know what? <laughs> if you're gonna be a hater, you just gotta stick to you're, it. <laughs> you're gonna be at his Hall of Fame speech throwing rocks at him from outside the stadium. And you know what? At least this year, I'm vindicated. <laughs> yeah, you are kind of vindicated. This year. <laughs> you stink. I know that. Ah, oh, now I feel bad. Uh. <laughs> now, assuming they do make it, and uh, whether it's sweeping the White Sox or, or losing to them and, and just demolishing the Rangers. Rays and Royals. Um, I, I guess the question is, who would you rather face Yankees. in the playoffs? The Yankees. I was, in my notes, I wrote probably not the Yankees or Astros. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's that's the one you want to face. Well, you don't want to go to a long series against the Yankees or the Astros. Is the thing because you know, I, I at least I that's think point, yeah. I like, gotta beat them. Do it. Right it, 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 it. 
the, the fewer chances they have to assert dominance, the better. The more chaos involved, the better. And if there's one thing the Guardians are this year, it's chaotic. So, and plus with the Yankees kind of falling to earth at least a little bit and kind of having becoming kind of a one-trick pony show sort of a thing. Um, I would rather face it than the Astros. I think the Astros are just too deep. That's a that's a World Series winning team right there. I think again, like I, I, that's that's one of those teams. Like I, it reminds me a little bit of the um, like the twenty was it fifteen the twenty fifteen uh, Royals. The Royals just won like ninety seven games and everyone forgot about them. Like the Astros are ninety six and fifty one. Like. They're going to win 100 some odd games and we just all forgot about it. Like, it's not like the Dodgers who are just like blowing people away or like, you know, I guess, like, I guess you could say the Braves are similar to you because they might, they're projected to win 100 games this year all of a sudden. So I don't know what the hell happened there. <laughs> and it's, wasn't there an article like before the, the All Star break that was like, can the Astros catch the Yankees? And now they've blown right by them. Blown them away. Collapsed. Like, they're just so good. Like, Astros pitching staff is just too deep. Like it's ridiculous that like Luis Garcia is great, Javier is great, uh, Valdez is great, Verlander of course. I just they're just so deep, just top to bottom. But like you know, I mean, I, I know what's his name's come to earth. I've been heard of with, with Alvarez, but they hit the shit out of the ball. Um, they pitch the shit out of the ball. They pitch the shit out of the ball. They're just a shit good team. Out of the ball, everywhere. It's great. Yeah, I mean, they, they they can eat butt. I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. But. <laughs> Let's see, can I put that as a title? And <laughs> they can eat butt. <laughs> <laughs> Let them eat butt. There you go. <laughs> I, I think the, I mean, the good news is they're not playing either of those guys in the first round because the way it's set up now is they get like the they're gonna play the sixth seed essentially because they're not gonna drop more than three because they're gonna win the division. Right now it's the Mariners, which I think is a nightmare scenario because I think the Mariners are good. I would almost rather play the Rays than the Mariners. I don't know why, but I guess we'll see coming up. The, Ra- this- the Rays are like. Just broken. It seems yeah. like they're just kind of they're just suffering from fall apart, unfortunately, and like that just happens, you know. I mean, yeah, teams get I, hurt. Like, yeah. I don't think they're that much better than the Guardians are, even though they have a better record. Yeah, um, I definitely wouldn't hate to play them if they drop down. And yeah, uh, the thing is, like, it's a close between those. So it's like one game. Split between I'll them. take the Mariners too. You know, I don't know. I, 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 I just feel there's a cool energy to a Mariners Guardians game. Cleveland, oh, sure, uh, yeah. Cleveland, and Seattle. You know, hated enemies. Just long history. <laughs> long time. East Coast battling. versus West Coast, as they say. Is mm-hmm. totally North, Coast, Coast, North Coast. Coast. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the absolute best case scenario would be the Orioles um, play out of their mind. The, the Mariners collapse and play the Orioles. Uh, That'd be I don't know, man. There's some kind of weird devilry with the Orioles. <laughs> if they it make out. it, they're just going to win. It's, it's, yeah, it's destiny. Like, what are you doing over there? Teams that are powered by a dominant catcher always make me worried because, I don't know, like, they're good and also they're good. It's just like they wear orange and black. They're just going to pull an East Coast, uh, what do you call it, uh, San Francisco. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, like the Giants from last year where they or I, well, I was going to say vanished? The years that they won the uh, World Series by accident a couple times there. <laughs> In 2010, year, yeah. 12, and 14. So I don't know. I I, I think ideally, yeah, I would take the the Rays. But yeah, that's probably my idea. Would, I, there's just something the about the the Mariners who just seem like they're two team of destiny ish to want to mess with in the playoffs. They got, they, got, they got some positive jazz to them. I'll say that their pitching staff is just quite excellent. I mean, Ray Gilbert, Gonzalez are all solid pitchers. Um, I don't know who the hell George Kirby is, but currently he's pitching the shit out of the ball. So there you go. Greg Maddox. Um, it, it was a rough series when I played him before, and I think it would be again. But um, yeah, definitely the race, and I, we'll see coming up playing them. And after that, I mean, they're going to play, I'm assuming, I mean, there's virtually no way the Yankees are going to catch the Astros. So it would be 
Guardians, Yankees in round two. Yeah, because no matter yeah. what, the fifth and fourth seed would play Dreams do come true. the Astros. Yeah, and that'd be a little longer series. The best thing would be if they could play them in the first season, like somehow play the Yankees in the wild card, but there's no way the Orioles or the Blue Jays are going to, oh, maybe. Actually, you know what? There's only five games. They can never know. There you go. Oh, there's the best case scenario. <laughs> Just have yeah. the Blue Jays rock it up, steal the division, somehow play the Yankees in a short series and then catch them off guard and mm-hmm. hope em. you get that one Garrett Cole game where he explodes in on himself. And there you mm-hmm. go. Well, plus, plus we have the, the Josh Naylor outlier of in October, he becomes um, – Mega Reggie Jackson. <laughs> he goes Super Saiyan and, and demolishes the league. I hope he does that again this year. I don't care what he does the rest of the regular season at this point if they're in. I just want to see him go absolutely off in the postseason. Just go mash mode. It'd be great. Yeah. Just do it against the Mariners and then the Yankees. And then yeah, that is a tough road to get to the World Series. Uh, the other side does not look as, as scary. I don't think the Mets are that scary. The Dodgers, I guess, are terrifying. But like, yeah, the, yeah, the Dodgers are the most dominant team we've seen in decades, at least in the regular season. And you know, they're just so good. Um, <laughs> the Braves are super good too, but they're—I mean, they're Braves not like are as deep a, as the the Dodgers. A slippery, sneaky team too. You know, it's like they keep on pulling these guys. Who, like, who are you? Who are you, Michael Harris? Oh, I'm a five and a half win player. Oh, all right, cool. Who I mean, they're basically what the the Guardians have done, but even better. Like, yeah, exactly. rookies and Pulling that Spencer Strider out of their ass. Who are you? I'm not a porn star. <laughs> they ignore the mustache. I don't know why you said that. <laughs> I'm suspicious. <laughs> They're finally getting superstar seasons out of guys like Dansby Swanson and you know oh, Max yeah. Freed's pitching. Like, yeah, this team is good, good. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to watch on both sides. Even the Mets, it's it's fun to watch the Mets not be terrible. I think they're a fun team, just not. Not great. I, I realize the Phillies are a six seed right now. If it, it stayed the way it was, which is wild. <laughs> Grinding their way into the damn playoffs. I'm so proud of them. I will say the Mets would be a mess to put, to face in the postseason. I mean, oh, what I mean, like Scherzer, Degrom, and yeah, too, and then yeah, then the third starter is I don't even care, Chris Bassett or Carlos Carrasco <laughs> or something or Taiwan. Oh Hawker. man, I would not want to play Carrasco in the World Series. That would hurt my soul too much. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be a sad boy then. Yeah. I don't want to be a sad boy. Yeah, I'd be a sad boy. I want to be happy yeah. World Series boy. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, want to, I want to. I want to enjoy it. I don't want to see. I don't want to be sad and see my happy boy. No. <laughs> If the Guardians do make it uh, to the postseason and presumably deep into it, if we if they're going to make it there, which by God, I want to have another. I want to be over too overly emotionally attached to a team again in the postseason. That's all I want. I just want yeah, to be too. It's been a while. Team, yeah. um, but if they do make it, it's going to be because of their pitching staff. I think part of the reason down the road here, especially in the playoffs, they're not going to. Um, it's not going to be all just bat pits. They're going to they're going to have to rely on some good pitching and have some low scoring games. Um, their, their rotation is interesting right now, to say the least. Like you mentioned earlier, Shane Bieber has looked. Um, Shane Bieber again. He hasn't allowed more than one run in what is it, like two starts since August 14th. He's just been like shut down. Not more than three runs since July 24th is how good he's been. His most of those three run runs, but he struck out 11. That was against the Orioles. Um, so he has like purely been back to Shane Bieber, and it's it's been quiet too because it's not like he's double digit strikeouts every game now. He's still the guy who uses sliders a lot, which is different. Uh, uses cutters a little bit. Um, He's, he's a different pitcher. He's not as like a big electric guy that always shows up because he's striking out 15 guys every once in a while. But, um, I mean, he's back to being absolutely dominant Shane Bieber, which is what they need in, in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get, what, 30 starts out of him? I mean, health is no longer even a worry at all. Obviously, velocity specifically is still the worry because he still only throws, what, 92 or whatever. But but he's made it work somehow. <laughs> well, well, and that's the thing. Like, he's got he's got two incredible breaking balls. Um he says that cutter as well. So he just hasn't, he has all the tools to keep guys off balance. I mean, we'll see how that plays once they hit the postseason. Like, you know, we saw his Cy Young year, we, 
we, they had the postseason. He got just brutalized immediately. Uh, but I think what's really going to be interesting, obviously, with the postseason, I, I hate to derail this this comment immediately, is obviously, like, starting pitching is not what we think it is when you hit the postseason. Like, I, I, I hope we can get five innings out of any of these guys in a, in a postseason series, or in a postseason start, rather. But seeing what we have out of Bieber, obviously, it's nice to have a frontline kind of, you know, something resembling an ace again. It's just, it's just, it's less nerd. I don't know. It's just, it's nice to have that kind of guy. Like even, like, e- like even like uh, when when the when the Guardians were kind of swooning there, when Corey Kluber was at his peak, or like or in like twenty fourteen, what is Cy Young right or fifteen, fourteen, or even fifteen, like when they were pretty good, but the pitching staff hadn't all locked it in yet. Like having that, having that dude is just, it's a. Um, it's a sense of relief, I guess. At least we can work our way around to him. Like even if we're on a, you know, we're in a bit of a skid, like hit, we can just grab a win and just kind of, you know, feel better about ourselves and bounce back the next day. But yeah, I think stopper is the term people stopper, use. Stopper, yeah. Like you stop a slide by having your ace up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the funny thing is, like you mentioned, Kluber, and I looked at his stats. It's Shane Bieber just basically backed into being Corey Kluber. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. You look at their their strikeout yeah. totals; they're basically the same. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I mean, he is. He is. Yeah, he's just kind of recreating. What you know, not peak perhaps, but like late peak. Uh, Corey Kluber was. Um, yeah, I think he's not even that far off the peak too, which is crazy. He's just not as good as as he was himself at the peak, but he's he's basically pretty good. Corey Kluber, <laughs> like right before the peak or right after. And I I think that that the, the pandemic year really kind of skewed our our view of him. Quite honestly, I mean, the 2019 year was insane, but it was still like a you know, his ERA was still. 328. So it's just good, obviously. It's what you want, but he, you know, it's just he was striking out a billion people. He was top like 8% or something. 259 strikeouts in 214 innings, 186 hits allowed, 31 home runs. Like he was excellent. Um, and then just uh, the pandemic year happened. You're like, this is fucking wild. <laughs> and then uh, you look at who we played, and it was the only team out of <laughs> Central was the Pirates and Reds. So, yeah, exactly. So, um, like, hmm, well, I guess yeah. it helps. It's, <laughs> it it <laughs> is about who you face sometimes. So, I'm not, yeah. not going to call it a Mickey Mouse Cy Young, but it was, uh, I think he had an easier road that year than others. But you still got to strike people out. It's not like he wasn't making good pitches that year. I um, mean, yeah, last no, year he was exactly. still really good, like, but he just got injured. Like, you know, those teams don't, aren't all bad. I don't know what the Pirates are, but, well, uh, <laughs> you know, other, many of these teams are not all bad. And he just was dominant, like, from, from the word go. I think the year he's having there is, I would say, probably his most impressive year because of the combination of just longevity, continued growth throughout the season, if anything. Like, he's he's been – I'm just so, like – as soon as a pitcher ever gets hurt, I'm always like, oh, they're injury prone. This sucks. And he's, like, top five or ten or whatever in game started. Like, he's, he's pitching in every way like, like a guy – like, like we hoped he he like like the pitcher we'd hope he'd become when we saw him in 2018, basically. So, yeah, it's great. And then I, th- I think it's just we, we happen to catch him on one of those runs he's on, like he's on right now in 2020. It's just kind of happened that way. So. This would have been the whole season, like if he went yeah, back, basically, to, yeah, yeah, his bet like July 29th. If you just assume that was like the start of that season, he would have had a 1.680 ERA. <laughs> he still wasn't striking out as many, but like he's had another 2020 season against a lot better competition. Like the Mariners are in there. Um, the Twins are a better team, I think. They played Toronto, um, so it's not like against terrible offenses. And he's he's worked on which is gonna you're gonna want in the postseason. And just even if it just goes deep, he doesn't have to strike out 20 people in a playoff game. Just get seven or eight innings, so you know you have relievers. If Tristan McKenzie doesn't do well in the postseason, or Darren Savali collapses or whatever, but um, and I, that'll be the other thing too is just how how good this bullpen is. I think we'll really see 
Um, I, I wish either Terry Franconi would do it or Emmanuel Classe would sign off on being a fireman kind of guy like Andrew Miller was. Um, but it seems like he is, one of them is determined to keep him in the closer role, which I guess isn't the worst thing in the world, but also I would love to, in the postseason to see him come in with like bases loaded, top of the eighth kind of thing. But I, um, I'm not worried, worried, but like I'm wondering if that's a role that they're going to fill with like um, Karen Jack or who again has been dominant this year. Yeah, like um, Trevor Stephan maybe. Or, or Stephan like maybe. Yeah, he's kind of a, yeah, I mean. I don't know. Karen I kind of like too wild for me to do that. I think like Karen, there's too much of a yeah. chance he's going to throw a wild pitch or, or walk somebody. At least yeah, Stefan. That's true. He needs someone a little more control, but also Karen Tech has the insane side of things, <laughs> yeah. which is important in, in a situation like that. If you need someone who just has, you know, balls the size of fucking globes. Yeah. And he has, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Stefan does too. He just, I guess he's, he's and he's just he's not as demonstrative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing that you look at his numbers and like he's, you know, he's not that much quote unquote worse than, Karinczak and he's pitched twice as many innings so like you give Karinczak another 30 innings I'm sure his ERA is going to creep up half a run something like that because like you said he'll walk a million people but yeah even with him like his walks are down like not down big but like he's not walking he doesn't have a one-to-one strikeout to walk ratio anymore <laughs> which is nice so yeah yeah, yeah there, there are very few relievers in this bullpen just looking at the list of who I'd be concerned about like I guess Eli Morgan if he came in that obviously Brian Shaw I don't know why he's still on the roster but like Sam Passe, sure. I, Hanks I'd be fine with. I squinted him a lot because, again, last year I was like, oh, I don't know. I wish he was good. He's huge. But he was not good, <laughs> and so he's bad. I mean, he's one of those guys, like, you put him in the bullpen. He only has two pitches, but he's he's big and throws a fast enough ball, even if it's straight as an arrow. <laughs> you only see a guy one at bat. That's all you need, and you can get him out with that, I think. And it's, it's a massive slide rate over strikes, too. Like, he, he's very much a poor man's Andrew, Andrew Miller, like, just destitute. But, you know, uh, Sandlin, again, good numbers. I don't know. How I believe what I believe it out of him, but like, um, I, this was something I don't know if you talked about it on the podcast, but it's something I um, that I heard on another podcast that Ray Ratto talked about was the whole a great team like it has championship you know kind of goals has four guys you can count on, and now you know on September nineteenth, I'm beginning to form a four basically, and it would be Class A, Karen Check, Stefan, and then one of Henches, Sandlin, or. De Los Santos was he up there enough? Maybe or? I mean you know I, I know I know a lot of you guys are are really really low on Eli Morgan, but I don't know. I mean he just he was so effective for so long and then just he just collapsed suddenly. And like the thing is like he's thrown a lot of innings, so I don't know if, if that was part of it. But I mean he hasn't I mean, had I a run in a while, so he's, it's not like he's he, he's definitely bounced back to having that rough time. But I don't know. It's I just think a good offense is going to catch up to his changeup more than. A, We've seen I mean, against a, other teams. He has the second highest strikeout to walk ratio in the team, which, you know, I mean, for all that is, but. That goes back to your point. There's like almost no bad choices other than Brian Shaw. Yeah, <laughs> there's, exactly. there's almost nobody who is an absolute terrible. There's, there's a decent chance Eli Morgan will be good. Everybody else is probably going to be good out of the bullpen. Like, I don't know who that fourth is going to be, but I'm comfortable in saying they have a fourth. And I think the key here is, I don't know that before. They have other guys they can go to, to to go a few innings. I mentioned McCarty, obviously. I don't know if I want to count on him in a, in a, in a, in a, in a big series. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, again, you like you mentioned um, Cody Morris, Cody Morris, or uh, who's the one you, you want to become a, a Connor Pilkington? Guy? Oh, that's right, he's going to be in the bullpen finally. Pilkington, yeah, there, so it is. there we go. So we got him. <laughs> the emergence yeah. of Connor Pilkington is finally going to be really here. We go, yeah, maybe, maybe that. You know what, man? Maybe that's your fireman because you like seven innings in the bullpen, Merritt. How many runs? How many runs do you think he has? Zero, zero allowed, Merritt. He's flawless. I'm telling you, big guy, bullpen, two pitches, fastball plays up. 
That's Big right guy, you say? <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all about huge dudes. Hmm. <laughs> he may get sweaty. I don't know. Maybe uh, not. He's, six, I don't know. he's only six foot four. He's not huge, well, huge. And he's 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 big. He's I don't know. He's no uh, Hunter Gaddis. He's, oh, he's no Hunter Gaddis. <laughs> six six two sixty, big old mess of a man. That's what also, I but that's a good point. I mean, they'll have Pilkington, Morris, Plezak in the bullpen. Maybe I don't know if I'd trust him anywhere ever. No. Now, but <laughs> it's better than him starting. Honestly, if he's um, pitching anywhere, he'd pitching. Game four of a not even then actually why would he ever start oh there's no, I, he's never gonna start in Cleveland again That's I just my, realized yeah, there, he has no like if, if he ever gets to a long series he has no, no role absolutely not he'd be bad <laughs> in the bullpen uh, they're gonna start Savali over him they're only gonna go four deep because that's all you ever do in the, in the playoffs and yeah and he's the seventh best relief pitcher <laughs> my bold prediction now my old one was Gavin Williams will pitch in the majors and that's not looking true but I don't think Shane or uh, Zach Plezak pitches another inning for the Guardians. I don't think I'd be, they. I'd be very because yeah, I don't, yeah he's I don't, not going to start I, unless he's like mop up duty late in relief if they have the division wrapped up. Yeah, but no more starts for sure, and I don't think he pitches another inning for the Guardians. I mean, is he even going to come back? Because he just he fractured his hand. Like, is he even going to come back in time for the playoffs? Uh, Andre Knott said he was hoping for next week as as the goal. <laughs> He'll punch something else then. Um, I mean, that, that was the next topic. Is basically. He might be back next week, but should he? Because um, he, what was it, last year, the year before, he injured taking his shirt off. And that was a funny one. Broke That's the favorite one, I think. So dumb. <laughs> then he punched the ground this year. Didn't he hurt his hand last year after a big win in San, in, in like in Chicago? Was that what happened? The Chicago thing was COVID. He went well, out the with Chicago, well, Yeah, well, obviously. That was the, <laughs> was that the was shirt the, thing Chicago, too? I thought it might have been. It would be funny if all of them were Chicago based. <laughs> just never take him near Chicago. You just trade him to the White Sox. That's yeah. A good idea. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'd like Aaron Savali. He struggled, but I'm perfectly fine giving him more shots. He's proven he can adapt and try to figure out what works, I think. And he also hasn't punched the goddamn ground and injured his hand. Like at this he point. He just seems more composed. I don't know. Yeah. That's just, it's a scenes thing, but you no, know. He is. I mean. He's never driven a car and made a video about how mean the media is to him. Oh, that was a good Just one. A random example of things that Zach Plezak has done. Damn, I'm going to miss Zach Plezak. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird nutcase. <laughs> and he's not even like Karen Chak crazy on the mound no, either. He's just like he's stupid just, crazy. He's, yeah. just like a, just, he's normal athlete crazy. He's, he's like normal athlete dumb. And which just, it's so rare that they, that they have, they also have no social media like discipline. And they're just like, yeah, I'm going to post whatever I want. I'm driving around my car about how meeting the media is to me because I did something bad. How could they treat me like this? Ridiculous. Those monsters. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think. Has his agency dropped him? All right, I don't know. We don't know for sure like what happened, but in the towards the end of a season, right after he punched the mound, his, he suddenly split from his representation and got a new agent. I don't know if that's which side initiated that, but that seems like if you represent a guy who you need to get money for and he keeps – getting out by the dumbest reasons you might want to cut him and just not do that, especially since he's probably not going to get a huge payday. So I could see if that the agency cut him there, but I wouldn't be surprised if also the guardians are just not going to give him another shot because like you said, they have umpteen million relievers. They have enough starters now to get to the regular season and you're not going to use them in the postseason. Here's a funny article headline. Agency just terminated its relationship with star MLB pitcher star mm. star. Mm. <laughs> we're, we're stretching terms here. Starting. Star? Did, did they forget the T-I-N-G starting pitcher? I think I meant starting pitcher, yeah. I don't understand any of this. Yeah, I, I, I would be unsurprised. If, yeah, like you said, I just there, there's no role. Um, he doesn't bring anything to the table that someone else can't do better. And, you know, honestly, he's got, the wor- there you go. 
<laughs> he's gotten worse every single year. Like it's actually kind of wild how he just trended the, in the wrong direction every year. I, mean, I guess he's a little bit better this year than he was last year, but like he's also the same pitcher this year as he was last year. So yeah, I mean that, that's why I'd want to give Savali a chance over. I think Savali has at least tried. Have we heard anything about like um, please like trying to do things differently or or improving? Like Savali, we always hear things he's doing. He's adding pitches. He's tweaking this, tweaking that. Like. Pleszak just keeps riding the shinking ship down until he's... So actually, what's funny is he has a lower ERA this year than he had last year, but because the run environment is so much more suppressed <laughs> this year, he is actually a worse pitcher. Lower, yeah. That's all that. Poor guy. I'm sure I'm sure he's nice enough, but he stinks. He'll, he'll find a place somewhere. He's. I mean, he's a decent third or fourth starter on, on a lot of teams. And oh, yeah. He'll be knocking guy. around for, for quite, a, quite a little while. Oh, he's older than yeah. you think. Like He's already, you know, he's, he's like 27. Like, yeah, he was a late bloomer-ish. He'll be, he'll be knocking around for a few years here. I mean, I'm sure. I, I don't. I wonder if he'll make ten years. I wonder if he'll he'll make it to his MLB pension. Oh, for sure. I think. Right. How long? I mean, he's he's, he's only four, he's only got four now. He needs six more. I mean, you right. figure you get through arbitration. Will he get four more contracts or one more contract or whatever? You know, I, there's always a shitty team who needs somebody to eat innings. Yeah, I'm sure he'll bounce around and go to the KBO eventually. <laughs> it's over there, but um, yeah, I think he'll, he'll find some teams. What is like a mid five? That's yeah, that's a decent start. A lot of teams, I think. Like four or five. He'll be on rebuilding teams for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's, he's not. Um, the Pirates will love him. Like a he will fit durable, in great. So you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely someone who's going to enter the Royals Pirates <laughs> pipeline. Uh, pipeline. Yeah, the the, the 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 trickle down effectively, right? Like the Reds won't take him because they're too forward thinking. They're pitching. Uh, Diamondbacks, good choice right there. There you go. Uh, maybe the Rockies. Oh, they always need people to eat innings. Okay, there's a good one. Um, yeah, so you can hop on that train. I, I, I said it derisively, but it wasn't so, so long ago that Cleveland was part of that pathway. I mean, it was, you know, at this point, almost 30 years, but still, more than 30 years now. Still, you have to respect for the old losers. <laughs> so the last thing of this week, it was it was going to be a more dire conversation, I think, is uh, our boy Josh Naylor. I think we both loved coming into the season. Um, just everything about him, the way he plays, the... Him in general, his intensity has, I think, ratcheted up this year, which has been great. But he was struggling recently, uh, especially in September. There, nothing really pointed to him. Nothing that changed, and like he was so much worse. Like, it just seemed like fatigue because he came back from an injury. He rushed back further than I think we quicker than we thought he would. He's back April fifteenth. He started again. He just kind of got worn down by the end of the season. Um, basically playing on one good leg, I think, still this time. But he already has a career high seventeen home runs. He hit another one today. He just fucking crushed one. <laughs> hit a double. Um, I don't know. Is is there a concern anymore about about Naylor? How, how bad he's been recently? Or I, mean, I, I think, think he almost needs to be platooned at this point. Is there something they could do next year to get somebody to hit lefties for him? I mean, I think I it's know. it's got to be just a ground down into dust sort of a thing, right? Like he doesn't. To your point, he now has more home runs this year than he had his entire career. Um, but I I just like you, see, you come back from a, what is really a catastrophic leg injury. Um. I don't. I, I still don't think he has to be a platoon. He, he makes too good of contact. I think He's overall, lefties though. <laughs> he is, but again, like I just this is this is a growth. This is still a growth year for him. It's his what second full year as a major league player, um, and like he bounced around some obviously, and he got hurt last year. I would say I, I'm completely okay, quite honestly, with giving him another year of just being a full time going both ways kind of a hitter because. That's the ideal, right? Having guys who can hit both sides. And like the thing that w- while we stood at it with him was his contact rate towards him. So it was his power until this year. And he made a few changes to, to his swing, it looks like. But I guess contact rates are still pretty good. So, I, I mean, 
I think he'll be okay. I, I, don't, I don't think he'll ever be a superstar, but you know, like um, I, th- I think his peak is something just south of like uh, Jose Abreu, maybe. Um, I, That's I, not I, a bad peak, yeah. No, not at all. I mean, Jose Abreu was, you know, he's never been great, great, or maybe like a Paul Canerco type, I suppose. Like, I, I'm just trying to think of pretty good first baseman. Guys who hit well enough where you're not mad about how, how slow and defenseless they are. <laughs> I mean, Jose Abreu did win a Mickey Mouse MVP, so. I know. Yeah, it was, a, it was a highway robbery. That, um, <laughs> Jose Ramirez should have won. Jose Ramirez should have won that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, grumble, grumble. Yeah, I, I, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. <laughs> I'm not owned. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, am I, am I worried? Yes. Because, like, but it's also something I expected to happen when I watched him run in June. <laughs> right. Like, you're just like, he looks terrible out there. Good Lord. You know, it's it's funny. Like you look at some of his rates now; like they, they're trending all in the right direction. His fly ball rate is up from last year, but like his hard hit his, his hard hit rate this year at this point is now lower than it, just by a smidge than it was last year. His average exit velocity is down a little bit now. Um, he's still striking out less. He's walking more than, than he ever has. So he's putting together. I, I I think it's just we he burst onto the scene so hard this year, and then all of a sudden he just kind of tailed off. We're like, oh, he's bad now. It's like. He's still like give him a full year off where he can get back into playing shape because I'm not I'm not saying he's like out of shape but like he definitely isn't in you know you don't want to be ovoid that's not always the ideal <laughs> yeah I, guess. I think it's it's just he doesn't move like he's moved even for a big guy he's an athlete but it's clear his leg is like he didn't get a full chance to rehab it in an off season he was constantly working back to get back just let him have a regular scheduled few months off and and come back that way yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll get his first half, 835 OPS, it's 636 in the second half. So it's obvious that, like, and I've dug too deep into this. I'm going to do that this week, actually, just see if he's been uh, attacked differently uh, following the, you know, the, the what do you call? All-star break? All-star break or whatever, or if it's adjusted to him, or if he's swinging at different things, or what it is. But, again, I think it's just, this is one of the reasons why superstars in Major League Baseball are so impressive, is because they're doing it not just for a week or a month or, you know, two months if they're doing it for six months like without failing like not grinding down so yeah i don't know it sucks that he's not good i i have hope, faith that you know, it'd be nice if they kind of locked up the the what do you call him gave him a few days off to rest his legs so he could come back and just mash in the postseason but it's weird about all these guys who complain about being platooned or sitting out too much and it's not josh neal sitting out or being platooned it seems yeah. like ever uh, the guy who probably needs it the most and doesn't get it but I think we also just forget that, like, how hard he broke out when he first came. Like, last year, the, the rest of his career, he's just been kind of bad. It's always been potential. And then yeah. he was he still was a superstar, and now he's kind of leveled out into an above-average guy, which I think he could basically end up being, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, look, April and March, I mean, it was only 12 games, but he was still hitting 311, 815 OPS. It jumped up to 890 in May. Like, he was insane in July, 19 games. He went 333, 365, 609. Like, he was unspeakably good. And to your point, too, it just it does seem like he plays a lot more than guys like Andreas Jimenez. Yes, that's exact one I had in mind. Like 133 to 110. I mean, he's actually played 23 less games, but like he just injured, seems right? so jarring that when Andres yeah. Jimenez is not playing. <laughs> and then Ahmed Rosario gets to play every single game, and Andres Jimenez just for whatever reason just can't play a doubleheader. Can't do yeah, it. And that blew my mind, man. I, I was in the lineup <laughs> yet or on on um. Saturday. Saturday on Saturday, I was like, "Wait a minute, what's wrong here?" I just I was staring at it for a minute. <laughs> There's been more than one occasion where I looked at it in a lineup with the Andres Jimenez. Like, wait a minute, <laughs> why is he not here? But yeah. then on Sunday, he was leading off, which I thought was pretty cool. So 
you know, I'm like, I don't know what to think anymore. What's going on here? <laughs> I just bat him second. Get Ahmed Rosario out of there. That, that's like the biggest problem with Ahmed Rosario getting all the way back there is he's he's like the Brian Shaw on offense as he's he's used in the weird places. And Why are often. you always here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, Naylor. It's I, I saw somebody suggest on Twitter, uh, Carlos Santana, bring him back just to play. Left Why hand. cheap deal just to play left hand? He's really no. good. No, left hand. This is really good. No, fuck He's that. Really no, we're moving on from Carlos Santana. <laughs> we, no. Just one more. I just need one more hit of Carlos Santana. That's all I need. And then I'll be done. No more bringing the band back together. I'm <laughs> just tired need of one it. more hit. We're Carlos doing Santana. new people. We're putting together a batting <laughs> order of Quan Jimenez, Ramirez, Gonzalez, Naylor. <laughs> And I don't care who's after that. Whatever. You know, Santana with the Mariners. He has 13 home runs, and his slash is 181, 286, 407. I love it. I love it to death. See? You want him back. His on base is 12.1. That's not very good for color Santana numbers, uh, but probably enough locks. Yeah. I don't know. Just I'm just saying. people, The, the people want it, Merritt. I'm, well, they should give it to him. The thing about the people is they're dumb, all right? I am the people. I want Carlos Santana. The people voted for Brexit. So what do you want, all right? Come on. Not our people, of course. Yeah, they're, they're the Queen's people. I guess yeah. Queen's people. Whatever. Those ones are okay. Yeah, yeah. The Queen's dead. Yeah. Finally put her body in the ground. Took long enough. Slept on that, that note. Slept in that corpse across that damn island for a week. What's a stank by the end of that? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Like was it a drill tweet where he said like I waited five hours and the queen is dead? <laughs> <laughs> I waited five hours to meet the queen. It turns out she's dead. That's great. <laughs> on that note, Merritt, um, I think that'll do it for us on this week's podcast. If you Sounds are good, <laughs> unless you are in Great Britain and love the queen, please do not leave a, po- a review on the podcast. But everybody else, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, I'll leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Follow us at Cover the Corner, uh, CoverTheCorner dot com. I'm Matt R.L.Y. on Twitter. Merritt is Matt Merrill Lunch, like Merrill Lynch with lunch. Uh, Merritt, talk to you next week. God save the king.